Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 52. A man ought to think he deserves not consolation, but punishment. The learner, you and I. Lord, I am unworthy of your comfort, and indeed of any spiritual approach of yours. When you leave me poor and forsaken, I am getting no more than my due. If I could shed as many tears as there are drops in the sea, I should still be unworthy of consolation. No, all I deserve is whipping and punishment. For many is the time I have offended you, gravely too, and many the evil deeds I have done. So looking at things as they really are, I do not deserve the least bit of comfort. But you are the God of mercy, the God of pity. It is not your will that what you have made should perish. You should show the riches of your loving kindness, pouring them into empty vessels which await your mercy. And therefore, you should stoop from heaven to console this servant of yours beyond anything he could have deserved. And in a way, surpassing human ken. Because your consolation is a very different thing from the empty mouthings of men. What have I done, Lord, for you to bring me any comfort from heaven? I have never done any good, as far as I know but have always been prone to sin and slow to amend. That is the truth, and I cannot deny it. If I said anything else, you would confront me, and there would be no one to defend me. What have I deserved for my sins but hell and everlasting fire? All I deserve, frankly speaking, is to be scoffed at and scorned. I am not good enough to be counted among your devoted servants. This is going to make painful hearing for me, but for truth's sake, I will accuse myself of my sins in the hope that I may deserve the more readily to win your merciful forgiveness. Yes, I am guilty, one mass of shame, What am I to say? Not a word will come. All I can say is, I have sinned, Lord. I have sinned, Lord. I have sinned. Have mercy on me and pardon me. For a little, leave me to myself to find some comfort in my misery. Soon I must go to a land whence there is no returning, a land of darkness. Death's shadow over it, the book of Job says. Why are you so insistent in asking a poor guilty sinner to repent and humble himself for the wrong he has done? It is because from real repentance and humbleness of heart is born the hope of pardon. The conscience that was troubled is restored to God's favor. The grace that has been lost is returned. And man is shielded from the wrath to come. God and the penitent soul run to meet each other with a holy kiss. Humble repentance for sin is a welcome sacrifice to you, Lord. 
It is far more fragrant in your sight than the smoke of burned incense. It is also the sweet ointment which you once desired to have poured over your feet. For you have never despised a contrite and humble heart. It is there that we can find a place of shelter from the face of a raging enemy. It is there that whatever has somewhere it is there that whatever has somehow got broken is mended. Whatever has been soiled, washed clean again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, choices of priests, mirror of the divine life, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we read this chapter, at first we might find it a bit discouraging. All this talk about punishment. All this talk about what we deserve. Well, we need to keep two things in mind. The first is that the Lord's consolation is really his mercy. That's what Thomas Kempis is trying to emphasize. We have not deserved to be consoled by God because of anything that we have done. If he consoles us, if he shows us his mercy, that's his doing. That's his opening himself up to us. What does St. John say? We did not love God first, but he loved us and sent his son. So when we're talking about what is due, what is deserved, we're talking about something that is a matter of justice. Something for which one does something, and because of what one does, it therefore is owed to us in some way. By the value of what we have done, it's owed to us that God console us. And Thomas the Campus is emphasizing, no, we do not have owed to us God to console us. Now, he is emphasizing that. It is very important. But there's some other key parts of this chapter. He will speak about deserving to win merciful forgiveness. The end of section two. He says, I will accuse myself of my sins in the hope that I may the more deserve to more readily win your merciful forgiveness. So there is a way in which if we confess our sins, if we recognize what we have done, then there is a way which is kind of owed to us, kind of, but only because he himself has enabled us to repent. He himself has inspired us to accuse ourselves of our sins. A second point about in this regard, he says, why does the Lord want me to repent? Why does he want me to have a humbleness of heart? In fact, God insists that we ask for this. Because he says, when we do that, 
there's born in our heart a hope of pardon. Our conscience is restored to God's favor. We are returned from being lost. We're shielded. We go and we meet God with a holy kiss. He's very much thinking of the prodigal son here, the, of the father who runs out to meet his son. And the prodigal son is the image of every sinner who goes off in a false freedom, wastes all that he's received from God, is starving, and then comes to his senses and says, I will return to my father's house. And I will tell him that I have sinned before heaven and earth and not worthy to be called his son. Well, that's right. That's all of us. Not worthy to be called his son. Not worthy on our own. Not worthy by our own sinful choices. So how can we receive this? Well, because God sent his son. We become children of God. We become brothers and sisters of Jesus by his choice. And then he inspires in us to repent. He awakens our conscience to what we've done. And then there is a way in which that response to God wins his forgiveness more easily. So once again, Thomas Akempis is so balanced. Once again, he puts before us in the starkest terms both our bad situation, the bad news of what we are. He doesn't waste any time trying to make us feel good about ourselves in a false way. But at the same time, he is so alive to the mercy of God. He's so alive to what can happen if we will repent. And he's so alive to the fact that that repentance is only possible because of God's initiative. And then what happens? What's broken in us gets mended. And what's soiled gets washed. Yes, we may deserve hell. Yes, we may deserve punishment. But that's not all that's true about us. Because God has sent his son. And now, the one who deserves all this bad stuff can, through the mercy of God, merit eternal life through Jesus Christ and can be mended all the brokenness, all the insecurity, all the dirtiness, all the proneness to sin, all the actual sins, that is not what lasts forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.